Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to this episode of our book reading, the book entitled When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the book compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. We continue on page 137. Shuhayb radiallahu an migrates. The Prophet's departure triggered off a new wave of migration to Medina. The wealthy Suhaib, also known as Abu Yahya, that is, the father of Yahya, who had long been planning to migrate, only to be held back by the vigilant Quraysh, finally managed to leave Mecca for Medina. The Quraysh were obviously trying to stop the flight of capital from the society and Suhaib struck a bargain with them. He would give them all his possessions and his wealth if they would let him join the Muslims in Medina. When a now penniless Suhaib reached Medina and told the Prophet ﷺ how he had won his freedom, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Abu Yahya, this bargain is crowned with success. Not all the Muslims were able to win their freedom and migrate. The Makkans rejoiced in the poorer Muslims' increased vulnerability and tortured them even more to make them renounce their faith. Walid bin Walid, Ayash bin Abi Rabia, and Hisham bin As an, were among this group of unfortunate Muslims. In Medina, the Prophet wasalam, would pray for them and supplicate against the unbelievers who had held them back. The Muslims remained patient, however, but were finally rescued by their brothers in faith and taken to Medina. Although the immigrants rejoiced over their freedom from the pagans, life in Medina presented several difficulties. They had left their homes and belongings and now had to start all over again. Most of them had been traders, while the main occupation in Medina was date cultivation. Furthermore, the climate did not suit the newcomers, many of whom were soon stricken with fever. The Prophet, peace be upon him, was aware of the great sense of displacement among the muhajireen or the immigrants, and he made the following prayer. O Allah, make Medina as dear to us as Makkah was, or even dearer. Make its climate salubrious and bless its fruits and grains. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted the Prophet's prayer. The immigrants regained their health and began to love Medina. As they became engaged in establishing social and emotional ties in Medina, they found the city becoming more and more of a home to them. Soon after arriving in Medina, the Prophet, peace be upon him, began the process of setting up the first Muslim state. First, he launched the construction of a mosque. He bought the land where his she-camel had knelt down, about 100 cubits in length and breadth. There were few graves located on the land which had to be moved, as well as some dead trees that had to be replanted. The mosque's walls were made of earth and unbaked bricks. Its roof was made from branches of date trees and tree trunks served as columns. Sand and pebbles were spread on the floor. The mosque had three doors and the qibla, a niche in the wall where the leader of the prayer stands, was made to face in the direction of Beit al-Maqdis, or Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. The Prophet, peace be upon him, worked along with the Muhajireen or the Meccan immigrants and the Ansar, the Muslims of Medina, building the mosque. While they carried bricks, rocks and tree trunks, they chanted work songs to make their toil easier. Two apartments were also built near the mosque for the Prophet's two wives, Sauda bint Zam'a and Aisha bint Abu Bakr, whom the Prophet, peace be upon him, married soon after he arrived in Medina. These apartments were built of stone, mud and date palms. 
At last, the Muslims had a house of worship all of their own. They no longer had to congregate surreptitiously as they had in Makkah at Beit al-Arkam. In Medina, they began to perform all five prayers in congregation in the Prophet's mosque. The only problem was that the people were unsure of when each prayer would begin. The Prophet asked his followers for suggestions on how to solve this problem. Some suggested that a shawl or conch should be blown. Umar ever direct proposed that someone should be appointed to call out loudly, prayer is about to begin. The Prophet, peace be upon him, liked Umar's idea and put it into practice. Later, however, Abdullah bin Zayd bin Abu Rab al-Ansari had a dream in which he heard a beautiful prayer call. He related his dream to the Prophet wasallam, who realized that the dream was meant to be fulfilled. He asked Abdullah to teach the words to Bilal bin Rabah, who had a strong and beautiful voice. Bilal learnt the words and called out to the Muslims of Medina, Allah is most great. Allah is most great. I testify that there is no deity except Allah. I testify that there is no deity except Allah. I testify that Muhammad is the Prophet of Allah. I testify that Muhammad is the Prophet of Allah. Come to prayer. Come to prayer. Come to success. Come to success. Allah is most great. Allah is most great. There is no deity except Allah. When Umar an heard the new prayer call to prayer, he hurried to the mosque and said, By Allah, I have heard this call in my dreams. From that day onward, Muslims gathered at the mosque whenever they heard Bilal make the call to prayer. The Ansar tried to outdo each other in making the Muhajirin comfortable in Medina and put themselves and their possessions at the service of the newcomers. Their generosity is mentioned in the following verse of the Qur'an. The Ansar loved the Muhajirin who sought refuge with them, and there is no jealousy in their hearts for what the Muhajirin have been given. The Ansar give the Muhajirin preference over themselves, although they were in need of what the Muhajirin received. Chapter 59, verse 9 the Prophet ﷺ helped create a strong bond between the 45 immigrants and their hosts by assigning each immigrant to a particular family in Medina. Each immigrant, therefore, was declared a member of the family he was assigned to. They were to share each other's grief and suffering, and they were even allowed to inherit from each other. Later, however, the permission to inherit from each other was abrogated by a verse in the Qur'an limiting inheritance to blood kin. The brotherhood that was born between the Ansar and the Muhajirin was no superficial bond based on severance of the Prophet's instructions, but a deep sense of kinship that is difficult to imagine today. The Ansar felt such a great responsibility for the Makan protégés that once they even went to the Prophet ﷺ and offered to give half of their precious date groves to the Muhajirin, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, would not allow them to do so, they made a second suggestion. The Muhajirin can do some work in the groves and receive a share from the Prophet's as compensation. The Prophet, peace be upon him, accepted this proposal. Sa'ad bin Rabi'ah was a wealthy Ansari, singular form of Ansar. He was paid with an immigrant, Abdul Rahman bin Auf. Sa'ad not only offered Abdul Rahman half his possessions, but also offered him one of his wives. I have two wives, he said. Tell me who is more pleasing to you, and I shall divorce her so that you may marry her. 
Abdul Rahman did not take advantage of his host's generosity. May Allah bless your family and your possessions. Just tell me where the market is. Like most Makans, he was a skilled merchant, and soon he was able to support himself with his earnings from the market. Shortly thereafter, he married a woman from the Ansar. And that's where we leave our book reading for today. We're reading from the book When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarakpuri. If you'd like to download this episode and previous episodes of this book reading, you're welcome to go to our podcast vocfm.iono.fm and click on the book reading When the Moon Split channel. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.